Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It is Thursday, August 26th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Two preseason games down, the most important one to go for the Chiefs, and you know why. The team, like all NFL teams, has to cut its roster from 80 to 53 by Tuesday. On today's show, beat writer Herbie Teope tells you what to look for in Friday's finale against the Vikings at Arrowhead. He shares his list of players on the bubble and breaks down positions like running back, wide receiver, tight end, and safety. After a break, you'll hear from special teams coordinator Dave Tobe and tight end candidate Jody Fortson. Tobe will have a say on some of the last players on the roster because of their importance to special teams. And Fortson, well, he sounded like a guy who the Chiefs want to be part of the 53-man roster. So let's get going with Herbie. Herbie Teope's here, and we're going to talk about some players who probably need to have a good game in the final preseason game on Friday against the Vikings at Arrowhead Stadium. But before we do, let's just get get through a couple of uh, particulars, like what did Andy Reid say about starters playing in preseason game number three? Yeah, well, you, you can probably expect a repeat of what we saw in the second preseason game against the Arizona Cardinals, where the starters went well into the first half uh, before giving way to the backups. And Andy Reid said during after Wednesday's practice that he would probably he will follow. He's likely to follow the same plan. Uh, but, the, but he also added in there, we'll play it by ear. Uh, so, you know, if they go the full first half, they play the full first half. But if he likes what he sees out of the first couple of series, then, you know, he might shut it down. And listen, um, for the first couple of series, for the offense anyway, it would be nice to see him get in the end zone, the first team offense, because that has not happened um, in, in, in a while. At least um, try to think. They got the field goal on four possessions against uh, the Cardinals and two long drives, but one of them ended in the, in the, you know, the end zone interception, the other with the Butker field goal. And then there was just the what the one possession for Mahomes in the opener against the 49ers. Am I right? Am I remembering that right? Yes. Yep. Okay. And if you want to tack on the Super Bowl, uh, no touchdowns in that game either. So for Mahomes. Hey, some salt on the wound there, brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for the first team offense, we'd like to see him get in the end zone before the 2021 season begins, preferably with a a Mahomes touchdown pass because that hasn't happened since the AFC title game. So we'll see Vikings at 7 PM on, um, on Friday. How about, how about injuries that became a little newsworthy this week, especially at the running back group. Yeah. With the running back group, they are banged up, you know, against the Cardinals, Clyde Edwards, Alaire suffered a slight ankle sprain. And, and, you know, Reed mentioned after the game that it was still sore uh, and he was, pretty much limited throughout the last three days of practice. He'd come out there uh, and do go through stretching and conditioning, the individual position drills, and then observe the first install period before he went inside, uh, probably to go through more rehab. And the same thing happened with Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams was in the concussion protocol against the Cardinals. And then so he was not out there the first two days of practice, but he showed up Wednesday and then he just followed Edwards Allaire into the, the training facility once the team went to full team drills. So the question I get asked is, will Clyde Edwards Allaire be available for the opener in a little over two weeks against the Browns? What's your gut on that? 
My gut says yes, because the fact that he's out there for three straight days and he's, he's if this were a normal week, the Chiefs would have listed him as limited on the injury report because limited means you were able to go through, uh, you, you know, stretching and conditioning, individual team drills, excuse me, individual position drills, but you're not participating in team drills. You're not taking your full load. And that's based essentially what he did. He was he was a limited participant in practice. You've got two weeks to go before the regular season starts. And, and the fact that he's out there in uniform is, is a good sign. Okay, let's get into some of the personnel issues or matters that the Chiefs are going to have to consider. And let's just stay with the running back since we're talking about him. I, I suppose we're going to see a lot of Jarek McKinnon on, on Friday. Listen, he's been, in, he, he's been good, and he, there's no doubt he's, he makes this roster. He's right now the number three running back. And Darwin Thompson, I guess, is number four, although, although Gore played well against the, the Cardinals at the, in his mop-up time. Are the Chiefs going to have a decision to make at, you know, whether to keep four running backs, assuming that, um, you know, that Michael Burton, the fullback, is on the team, and he is going to be on the team. So I guess there's two questions here. Do they keep four running backs, uh, five with Burton, and does it come down to Thompson and uh, and Derek Gore? It's going to come down to that, but, you know, I don't even know if they're going to keep four running backs because if, if Edwards Alaire's is healthy and, and you know Daryl Williams, they like him, he, he gives you that powerful physical running back out of the group. Uh, he, he's certainly a lock. And, and Jarek McKinnon, you know, you and I saw him out there at training camp, our esteemed colleague Sam McDowell, he was out there at training camp with us as well. And, and you can't help but miss this guy. He, he is – he's a playmaker, and you get him in space. He's a great receiver – and then, you know, you look at Darwin Thompson, it's like, how do you fit him in there? You signed Jarek McKinnon to be that third down back. And I don't know if they have the, the spot, the space there for Darwin Thompson. Friday night's game for Darwin Thompson is going to be huge because if he wants to make this roster, he has to make an impression. And you know he's going to get a lot of carries if Edwards Allaire and Darrell Williams don't play. So this is his opportunity to shine. Yeah, I'm. I've been a Darwin Thompson fan since the since he's been on this roster. Undersized guy, just a try hard guy. Really nice, you know, um, a background in which he you know had to battle just to play one year of Division One A football at at, uh, at Utah State. So he's he's just been an overachiever, and he's going to have to. Looks like he might have to continue that you know that trend uh, Friday night and and uh, before the Chiefs make their decisions early early next week. We'll stay with the offense because wide receiver also pretty interesting. Listen, we, we all hated um, what we saw from the, the, the punt return prowess of Demarcus Robinson. And you asked Dave Tobe about that. We're actually going to hear from Dave Tobe after a break, but you asked Dave Tobe about that. And he even cringed when he said, or kind of admitted to cringing when he sees Demarcus Robinson on punt returns. But Demarcus Robinson's going to be a wide receiver on this team. She's one of the four locks uh, at wide receiver, along with Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, and Byron Pringle. So it comes down to another question. Do the Chiefs keep five or six? And there are multiple candidates, for maybe three for two spots if it is six, or three for one if it's five. Um, who needs to come up big on, uh, on Friday night? Yeah, this is one of the more intriguing position groups as we head into this final preseason game. 
I'm going to go ahead and, and pencil in Marcus Kemp as that fifth guy. Dave Tobe loves him. Andy Reid loves him. He knows the scheme. And his biggest contributions come as a special teams contributor. So, as you know, the fourth and fifth guy have to be able to contribute on special teams. And you've got Kemp and Pringle who can do that. you got McCole Hardman who can do that as a returner. This is where they're going to have to make a decision on Doris Fountain and even their rookie, Cornell Powell. Fountain has really come on. You know, once the pads came on in training camp, he started making all these head-turning plays, and you're, we're all looking at each other like, who's this 82? But it, it's translated into the preseason games. Over the last two games, he's he's also put on a show. Uh, I think it was last week against the Cardinals, he had that 41-yard reception. <laughs> you know, he, he has that big playability. But now it's does Veach um, admit that Cornell Powell might have been a mistake in the fifth round? Because Powell, since camp has opened, you know, we saw it progress from he's working with the second team to all of a sudden he's just working mostly with the third team. And that's got to be alarming that you know, your fifth round draft pick has not overtaken some of the other guys and making a push for the roster. I, I think the Chiefs will keep five. It's that sixth spot that, that's really, really intriguing on what they'll do, because if they keep six, now where do you sacrifice depth at other position groups? Yeah, a couple things. Um Fountain, he had the 41-yarder against the Cardinals. I thought his most impressive play was when the, the short reception where he took the hit and held on to the ball, you know, across the middle. That, that, that moment proved to me this guy belongs on this team. Um, Cordell Powell, a late bloomer at Clemson, and, uh, and maybe, maybe that's just his M.O., a little bit of a late bloomer. It took him a while to come on in, in college and uh, I, I, I can see a scenario where the Chiefs uh, cut him, gets through waivers. He's on the practice squad, although we'll see if a fifth-round pick um, you know, can, get through, can get through waivers. And I totally agree with Marcus Kemp, a, a favorite of Dave Tobe, but he's going to have influence on some of these final roster spots. Um, and, one last, and one last word about Demarcus Robinson and – you know, he, he he was almost embarrassing with those punt returns last week. But there's a comfort – I think there's a comfort level between he and and Patrick Mahomes that keeps – you know, you, you've started to hear should the, should, should the Chiefs keep Demarcus Robinson. I think Patrick Mahomes might have a say in who these receivers are going to be. And I I just think there's um, – uh, he's been working with Demarcus for, for so long, and, and that'll – and any any speculation that Demarcus Robinson won't be part of the team. One thing I will look for, though, is number of targets for Byron Pringle during the regular early part of the regular season. How much he's moved up the ladder because he absolutely is uh, solid and can I, I think be the physical receiver, maybe number two receiver that maybe McCole Hardman can't be. Hardman certainly with the speed, but Byron Pringle, my gosh, I, he. What else does he have to do to prove himself and his value to, to this Chiefs team? So, all right, that takes us through the running backs and the, um, and the wide receivers. How about this one, Herbie? How about the fourth tight end? Um, and is that another decision? Three or four tight ends? As Sam McDowell has reminded us often, the Chiefs kept four last year. You keep hearing that the Chiefs only kept two last year. No, the Chiefs kept four last year. Um, I, I'm wondering, 
I'm thinking they're going to keep four. I, I have not put a pen to paper to give me to, to put down my 53, but I just think the way that this team is structured, four tight ends is not an unreasonable call right now. Oh, it's an absolutely reasonable call. And I think if you do keep forward, then obviously that means Jody Fortson, a local fan favorite, a favorite of us in the media corps, you know, we, we call training camp uh, Fortson season. <laughs> but he's done all that he can to prove that he belongs on this roster. If they keep four, this will be a more dynamic group of tight ends than they had compared to last year where you had Travis Kelsey, Nick Kaiser, uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, and um, the other, Dion yeah, Yelder. Yeah. This, this group here gives you a lot of pop with Fortson, Noah Gray, a, a tremendous receiver. Blake Bell, they brought back on a one-year deal because they were missing that blocking component last year. And then you have all-world Travis Kelsey. When you have these kinds of tight ends, then Reed, whose West Coast offense runs through the tight end, now all of a sudden you get a different look, not just from outside of 12 personnel, but you know he has the opportunity to run more 13 personnel packages, more 14 personnel packages. So it's going to be dynamic. Fortune has done all that he can. He's packed on 20 pounds of muscle. He worked with Delaney Walker over the offseason to improve his blocking, and if you watched the, the second preseason game, it seemed like the Chiefs wanted to focus on his blocking more than his receiving skills, and he rose to the occasion. Okay, let's switch over to defense, and let, let's, let's identify a couple of players that, that you've kind of spotlighted for uh, you know, needing to have make a, a good final impression. It is really interesting. Uh, I know one of your choices is somebody who flashed so much up in St. Joe and once the game started, has kind of taken a little step back here. And tell us about uh, tell us about your feelings and uh, the, the the maybe the the future of Devin Key. Yeah, Devin Key. I think if 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 the season had ended, or excuse me, if, if the cups had happened early in training camp, I think he made the fifty three. That that's how good he was in training camp. But as you mentioned the games came and all of a sudden he just started bumping down. He's no longer working with the ones during practice. He's now exclusively with the twos and threes. And that's not a good sign there of for, for an undrafted free agent, you know, he had to show some consistency, but, you know, I think you and I were talking uh, before we went to record here, the games may be just too fast for him. And it, and it showed in the 49ers game where he got beat on the double move. And then against the Cardinals, he got beat on the post route. Uh, so I think he struggled. But, you know, if he has a shot, he's going to need to really, really step up and erase the mistakes from the previous two games with, what, a three to four interception game against the Vikings. I don't know if he's capable of doing that. Who else you got your eyes on uh, Friday on the defensive side? I think Damone Harris. Damone Harris is, a, is an intriguing player because if, if people recall, he was signed off the Ravens practice squad in 2019. You know, he's gone back and forth between the active roster and the practice squad. But what opens the door for him was Tuesday's surprising release of Taco Charlton. And the, the Chiefs need depth at the defensive end position. And so with Charlton's release, this opens the door for guys like Damone Harris and Tim Ward who are fighting for that final roster spot, but I think they like Damone Harris. Okay, interesting. 
All right, there's there's a lot more to get into. We we didn't talk about the offensive line or linebackers, cornerbacks. So what? But what I want to do is let's watch Friday night's game against the Vikings, and you and I and Sam McDowell will get together soon after that to discuss, you know, the in greater detail <clears throat> what we think is going to happen and how the Chiefs get down to their 53. Because look, they play Friday night. Saturday and Sunday are going to be takeout restaurants, uh, you know, days at the, at the chiefs complex, a lot of Chinese food and pizza while this, while the, while the brain trust gets to 53. And then what do you think? I, it seems to me in the past that Monday, we start hearing about cuts Tuesdays, the, the official day, Tuesday afternoon. Right. But Monday we start yeah. hearing about, you know, the, the, the cuts that the chiefs, the chiefs have made. Is that how you think it's going to unfold this time? I think it will. You know, when we think about the initial 53, remember, this is the first time in more than a decade that we're actually going to have Labor Day weekend off. Typically, the cuts are on a Saturday because they have to set the practice squad on a Sunday. But now it's a weekday. So you're, you're probably right. We will, we'll start hearing from sources <laughs> at least a day before the actual cuts. Uh You know, who's, who made the team and who didn't. And the other thing to remember is they're going to be practicing Tuesday. Uh, and it's hard for me to believe that they're going to still have the full 80 player roster out there because you don't want to have a guy and all of a sudden he gets hurt and you already, you know, you knew you were going to cut him anyway, because now you're responsible for him. So the chiefs might make all their moves Monday. Very good. All right. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, you will hear from special teams coordinator, Dave Tobe and tight end candidates. I think he's on the team, Jody Fortson. All right, Herbie, good stuff. We'll talk to you again early next week. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at 50 bucks, unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Coach, you've spent a lot of time over the last couple of weeks uh, taking a look at what you had at Returner. Do you anticipate doing the same thing for the preseason finale? Yeah, yeah, pretty much the same thing. Uh, you know, the good thing is that we have a lot of guys to choose from, you know, <laughs> and we can really get a good look at guys, and uh, we've been getting a lot of returns, so it's it's been good for us. DeMarcus Robinson as a punt returner, what are your, what are your thoughts on him? Uh, he drives me nuts a little bit. <laughs> he really does, to be honest. He knows it. Um you know, I like to see him catch it and keep the ball tight to his body. And, you know, he doesn't do that. 
uh, like to see him get north and south. He doesn't do that. You know, I mean, so those are things that we talked about all the time. You know, he's uh, a great make you miss guy. There's probably nobody better, but uh, he's he's got to learn to get up the field. He's a good catcher. You know, so in an emergency situation, you could use him, you know, as a guy that can get you through a game. Uh, but as an every down guy, uh, he's got a, he's got a ways to go. Same ballpark is kind of the, the same question, at least with Mike Hughes. Yeah, Mike is Mike is a very, very good catcher. Uh, uh, he's very he's talented returner. Uh, he gets up the field north. and so he looks for that north and south right away, uh, whereas he could probably press the edges a little bit more. You know, he's a. He's um, he's talented, and we like what we see in him going forward. With uh, two preseason games, is there anybody that's sort of increased their value in the four phases? Uh, I think Jody Fortson has. Jody Jody's setting himself up well. Um, uh, not not really not, not no surprises, you know. But but I was just happy to see. Jody, you know, with, with the, as hard as he worked in the offseason to be able to show it on the field, uh, you know, as a holdup guy and, you know, and blocker and cover guy, you know, physical, um, it's good to see. Yeah, like, Coach, uh, players that are trying to make the team, obviously special teams is, is probably going to be the way to go. Is there anyone that you could possibly tell us that's on the borderline that needs to have a good showing on Friday? Uh, I, I think everybody needs to have a good showing. There, there's guys that um, there's guys that you might think are, are – easy ends right now. They're still fighting. I mean, it's, it's not over, you know, and that's the thing that I tell them. I say that, you know, the decision's not made until this last game is done. You know, we get down to 53. So, you know, they got to keep fighting everybody. Um, there's, there's a lot of positions that are still open right now and, you know, special teams will have something to do with it, but offense and defense mostly. Are there individual like, um, that you give advice to, like, hey, this is what I want to look? Oh, they know, they know. I mean, it's clear. I'm, I'm a clear. I'm, a, you know, I tell you like it is, guy. They know, they know exactly how they stand. They know what they need to do. They know that if they need to have a big game or not. There's no gray area with me, you know. And I think that's it's good for the guys to know. What have you seen from uh, Jerick McKinnon, and what does it say about the willingness to do it, even as what is a seven? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's. Um, I'm not sure how much special teams he's had in his past, but he's been playing great for us. I mean, if you know, I'm like every week he does the last two games, you know, the first game he had the nice hit, you know, as a PP. And then uh, in the second game, he had the nice block on, on the punt return, you know, out in front of the returner. Boom, he got a knockdown on a big guy. He's not afraid to stick his head in there. He's not afraid to do the dirty work, um, you know, which is good to see with a veteran guy. You know, you know, you never know how he's going to react. And he's he's really... Uh, taking the role, uh, you know, and accepted it, and he's doing everything he can. Take so, you know, on guys. You talked about Marcus Kemp, the Reese Fountain players like that. Yeah. What do you kind of tell them to make sure? Because I know you like Marcus Kemp's special teams. What do you try to tell them that you know they're doing well offensively too? But yeah, I mean Marcus Kemp, you don't need to say much to because he's a highly motivated, self-motivated guy. He he goes hard all the time. Uh, a, a guy like Fountain, he's got to try to impress on everything he does. Uh, he's got to he's got to uh, you know obviously show up on special teams a little bit more. I mean that'll that'll help him, but he's he's done such a good job on offense. I'm not saying he, it's a it's a shoot like he's one of those guys that, are, that that's battling. He, he's a he's a bubble guy, you know, and and that's you know those guys are they're fighting for for a spot. And there's a lot of competition on this team. You know when you see us cutting great players like we are have, I mean you, that this tells you, you know that that we have a lot of competition. How is Townsend uh, been doing with the holding duties? Go holding's fine. He's 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 fine with that. Um, you know, he's he set the bar high for himself in that first game, and we know what he can do. 
Uh, so if he next, you know, the, the next game, if he doesn't hit five zero hang times, it's like he had a bad game. But he, he, you know, he, he the punts that he hit. We only had two in that last game. He hit two fair catches, you know, which is, you know, was only like a thirty-eight or thirty-nine yard net, which is what you're looking for. But you know, he's got the ability to be even better, and, and we know that now. So uh, we expect that out of him. Dave, when you mentioned Jerry Forsen on, on special teams, was that something in the offseason or at least early on in camp that he came to you and say, I, I really want, want to be a better It was actually last year. He actually came into my office. He did. And you could ask him about it. He came in my office. It was uh, during the offseason. What do I need to do? You know, and I just, I just, we just laid it out on for him. And, and he's, you know, and I, that's why I'm so excited about him because he's done it. You know, he's got himself in the position, you know, to, to be successful. No, no, not unusual at all. Uh, guys that come to me if they don't think they're not getting enough reps, they want to know why. You know, you know it's, uh, you know, and I, and I shoot them straight. They they understand. You know, and, and it helps. I mean, communication is the key. You know, you can't. You know, they don't want to be. You know, I don't think players should be surprised. You know, when they get cut or released, or you know, what I mean, we're or make the team for that matter. One of the things with him, though, is obviously this offseason he was going. Sort of a little bit of a body transformation, switching positions as well. So, in your spot, do you immediately know where you're going to put him, or do you kind of wait to see how that? Plays? Uh, yeah, he kind of we 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 tried him at different spots. Uh, like now, he can play on the like for example, he used to be a slot like on punt, which is a kind of an intermediate you know type builds the safety type. He's gotten so big now, he I could play him at guard and tackle on punt team, you know, and and he he can hold up in there against bigger guys. So, and that's a perfect example of how it changed for him. Along those same lines, coaches, um, he had told me previously during camp he had worked out with Delaney Walker to improve his blocking. How, how much of that are you seeing when you mentioned he can play interior and block? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you probably have to ask, you know, uh, you know, the tight ends coach, Melvin Moore, about that. But I, I watch him like every day on 9 and 7. I can see he's bringing the physicalness and he's running through guys instead of just running two guys. He's starting to run through guys on traps and stuff. So it's. That's all confidence, you know, and he's building. You can see his confidence getting built every day. Okay, thanks, Coach. All right. So we'll get started here, and we'll start first with Herbie Tiope. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Jody, how are you? All right, Herbie, how are you? Hey, I'm well, thanks. Hey, I got two quick questions for you. I'm going to ask the first one first. Um, I know you spent a lot of time this offseason working on your blocking. Uh, you know, you worked out with Delaney Walker in order to improve and to become a, a, an all-around tight end. How would you assess your performance uh, this past Friday against the Cardinals when you did a lot? You, know, you were back there a lot in pass pro and also in the run game. Uh, I just I would say I did my job. You know what I'm saying? I was able to show that I, I could hold my own against defensive ends and linebackers and stay on track and finish my block, most importantly, uh, spring my running back open. So I just felt like I showed a, a, balanced, a balanced game. And you you talk about springing a running back open, and I noticed you had that block on Gore's 19-yard run. How gratifying was that uh, that block there for you? Uh, it wasn't more uh, gratifying for me, like as it is to the rest of the team. You know, what I'm saying we got a, a large game. You know what I'm saying I seen Gore break a long one, and I know he wished he would have stayed in bounds and took a knee or score or whatever. But you know what I'm saying it was good. it was great seeing him get an open field and be able to do what he's he's capable of. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hi, Judy. It was noted that you put on 15 to 20 pounds of muscle this offseason. What was your thought process in that, and how did you get that process done? Um, I didn't really think too much of it. You know, I love football. I love, I love the game. So whether that 
mean, I had to bulk up and play left tackle, I was going to do it because this game brings me joy. So, I mean, I, I just attack it like I attack everything else with a winner mindset and just get it done. I know I, whether that be, you know, eat a couple more sandwiches, uh, another pr- protein shake, I had a little bit of, you know, junk food here and there just to keep my weight up. I'm doing whatever it takes. Let's go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Jody, uh, Dave Tope said yesterday that you came into him uh, in the offseason and said you wanted to get better on special teams. How much of your fight to make this team did you sort of get in the mindset was, was going to have to be becoming more of a factor on specials? Um, it was pretty much my entire mindset. I knew I had to go in there and be dominant. Uh, me and Coach told we had a discussion uh, earlier OTAs about what did I needed to do and what kind of mindset I needed to have. And I just I meditated that on that all offseason as far as what I needed to do, as far as holding guys up, putting hands on people and being being thicker. So I just I just took the advice he gave me. And I'm continuing to build it on that. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Brad, I'll uh, have a second question as well after this one. Jody, have you been told yet whether you've made the team? No, I haven't been told anything. I'm just still working as if I'm in last year's position. Okay. Um, you've been around for a couple of years now and been grinding a lot. And it would have been easy, I imagine, for you to just give up and move on to something else or another team or whatever. What told you that if you kept at it, something good would be waiting for you at the end? Uh, my faith, first and foremost. You know what I'm saying I'm a, I'm a big believer in God, and I continue to pray on it. You know what I'm saying it's easy to quit on anything, regardless of what it is, whether it's the NFL, whether it's school, whether whatever topic you want to put that in. It's easy to quit. It's not easy to to to, to fight on when you don't know what's going to happen. And I'm I'm just I'm just grateful that this team hasn't given up on me and they allowed me to, to stay around and develop and, you know, trust me enough to, to, to be in front of this podium. Let's go next to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Uh, you know, it, it's been said that uh, blocking is like a mindset, right? Uh, you, you agree with that? And I'll have a follow-up, Brad. Do you, do you, do you agree that, you know, that it's, it's just a matter of putting your mind to it or is, is that oversimplify the physicality that comes with trying to block some of these guys in the league? I definitely think it's a mindset thing, but it's also, you know what I'm saying, some other things to that. You know so you got some guys that's pretty that have been doing this. No matter how bad you want to do it, you got to actually execute it. So it's a little bit of everything. And then Travis Kelsey, uh, right? One of the most accomplished tight ends in the league. Uh, do you do you watch tape uh, of him, or is, is he kind of like a big brother to you? Right? Do you call him old man now that he's been around the the league for a little while? We call him the goat. You know what I'm saying uh, I, I watch Travis Kelsey highlights before the game. <laughs> Like his lock is right next to mine. To be able to have him in the room with not only myself, but, but another younger tight end, Noah Gray, and that's and that's a big deal for us. I'm saying we got one of the best in the game to learn from every day. We could pick the phone up and call him and look to our right, and he's right there to give us the answers and the keys and just help us navigate through this game. Kels has been a great influence on my game, transitioning to the tight end room, that's for sure. Shout out, Kels. The go. <laughs> Let's go next to Steve Walls. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, what's happening, Jody? What's going on? Not much, man. Uh, it seems like you're, you're like a, a fan favorite. Everyone in Kansas City just loves Jody Fortson. Uh, d- does that does that push you? I know you have been out in the community a lot. I mean, you've been around Kansas City uh, a few years now, and you've been out in the community, even though, you know, you haven't pushed a foundation or anything like that. But it just seems like, you know, people just love you. Why do you f- feel like that is, and, and how much does it push you? I mean... I can't explain to you why I think that is. I think that this this city, this town, just admires hard work, and I believe I fit the description of a hard worker, a grinder, somebody that's just going to see it through. 
Uh, I know I've done a little bit of community work over at Children's Mercy Hospital where I was going there my rookie year, 2019, every Thursday, going to play bingo with the kids up there. So maybe that has something to do with it. People just like the genuine soul that I have. But the fans, man, like I said, back in training camp in St. Joe's, it was awesome to see them out there, to see when it's hot and we're all tired and sore and the fans are out there screaming, you could do it, you could do it, and they're out there just cheering like that. Not only motivates motivates me, but the entire team. And we feed off of that. So the fans, I'm, I'm truly grateful for them, especially the, how they just been riding with me. And I haven't done anything. Like, I, I haven't done anything. And the fact that they trust and believe in me is, is second to none. And we'll, and we'll go last to Miss Karen Kornacki. Go ahead, Karen. Hey, Jody, I think that's called God's favor. Way to go. Yeah. Um, wanted to ask you this final preseason game. You know, usually there's four games, and now the pressure's on because the big roster cuts are coming. How do you not let that be the distraction? Because it seems like you're having one of your best preseasons and staying on that course and focusing on it and not allowing the pressure of the final game before the cuts um, kind of affect you. Um, to be honest with you, I feel like I've, all camp, I've done a great job of letting yesterday be yesterday and trying to build up one of these days. Uh, I remember our first preseason game this year, Kelsey told me, don't let the moment be too bigger, be bigger than you. You are bigger than the moment. And that's just been resonating in me. Just to go out there and have fun, play the game. I've been doing this for a long time. I mean, it might be in front of a new, a new position and in front of a bunch of more eyes, but nothing has changed about the game. It's all the same. So I just go out there and just not make it too much of a big deal. Just do what I know I'm capable of doing. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Bickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Herbie Kiyoku for stopping by and talking Chiefs. Links to stories about the Chiefs and the preseason can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we have another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus additional stories that appear only on the website. And of course, they're posted first on KansasCity.com. After three months, it auto renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. It's a great time to subscribe. Read about what's going on with the Chiefs, the Royals, the colleges, the soccer teams, and more. How do you get it? Go to KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. That is KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. You want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports features, and business coverage with the e-edition. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we will be back on Friday with another episode.